This is an ABC podcast. Hello and welcome to CoronaCast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Tuesday the 19th of January. And so Norman, within the last few weeks and month, there's been millions and millions of doses of coronavirus vaccines going into people's arms all around the world. And one of the front runners, as we talked about in detail yesterday, is the Pfizer shot. So when we've been looking at things in a clinical trial setting, we get an idea of safety and efficacy and all of those other sciencey words. Now that we've seen this thing rolling out in millions and millions of people globally, what extra detail do we now have about especially the Pfizer shot? Just to really tease that out a little bit from what you said, is that the trials have been done on an average of maybe 40,000 people, which means 20,000 people get the vaccine, 20,000 people get the placebo. All that tells you is, does it work? And is it safe in 20,000 people compared to placebo? So what happened in the, in the phase three trials of Pfizer, Moderna, and Astra is that they showed effectiveness to a varying extent, and they showed that there were no serious side effects and therefore good to go to approve and release, although there are more data to be looked at, which is what's happening here in Australia. So that's where you get to. But rare side effects are only going to emerge after the trial. Not just rare side effects, but side effects where in the real world you're not as selective as you are on the trial. So a good example of that with the Pfizer vaccine is that in their trial, they did not recruit people who had a history of anaphylactic shock of severe allergy. And what happens when it was released? One of the components, almost certainly, was causing anaphylactic shock in people who were susceptible. And therefore now they're being very careful about Pfizer and allergy and people with anaphylaxis. Let's assume, for example, that the Norwegian, the Norwegian cases of these frail elderly people, who some of whom are terminally ill, let's assume that that is linked to the vaccine, although that's still a question as we record this coronacast then what might happen as a result of that is that even if it's just precautionary, you might say, look, people who are over 85, really frail, and if you think that they might die in the next few months, don't give them this vaccine just to be... So you kind of refine the indications, in other words, the group of people for whom this gets the, you get the vaccine. And it's really only possible when you're re- rolling it out to millions and millions of people. And there might be a one in a million side effect, which is really, really serious, which you can't avoid by refining who gets it or what, in which case the vaccine might have to be ceased and move on to another vaccine. And those are the things that you learn as you move on. Now, the good news, as we said last week on CoronaCast, was that when you look at Israel, um, still not being published, but if you look at Israel where they've got really great electronic records that are integrated and they compare the people that they've immunised with the people yet to be immunised, it looks as though there's reduced transmission, which is really the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow for these vaccines. So you learn good things and you learn things that are maybe problems. And uh, it's unprecedented that within a year of this infection hitting, we've not only developed vaccines and trialled them, that they now have been given to maybe 20 million people, a lot of which is recorded in good electronic databases so that you can get onto this post-marketing surveillance. I mean, some drugs, for example, take years to find these side effects, and sometimes they're missed for years because doctors are really lousy at reporting side effects, and then you find, find them out. This way, they're going to be found out much sooner and more effectively and be able to find out whether it is con- coincidence or um, really attached to the vaccine. So the undercurrent to this discussion is that people, especially in Australia where we have the luxury of 
having a bit more time to consider vaccines and there's not very much virus at all circulating in the community is that people want to make a decision as to whether or not it's safe for them to get the vaccine. And we have to balance this need for enough people to have it that we know what the side effects are and at an individual level, not wanting to endanger yourself or the people that you love. So just a reality check here. Most of the time when a new vaccine comes on the market, like a shingles vaccine or something like that, you're actually getting it based on clinical trial evidence. There's almost no post-marketing, what's called post-marketing surveillance, where you're, you're getting this feedback after it goes on the market. That, so, and, and certainly new drugs. We're taking new drugs all the time where we are going on the basis of clinical trials. So this is not new. And it's true that when the Pfizer vaccine starts in Australia, probably 30, 40 million people worldwide, but maybe even more, will have had the Pfizer vaccine, a lot of information. But that won't be true of the Astro vaccine. Um, the Astro vaccine data on that will just be slowly accumulating. So there are some benefits um, from having waited, but there's some way you've just got to get on and do it and have the vaccine and trust the fact that there are no immediate and serious effects from the clinical trials and the initial experience worldwide. So you're saying the Pfizer vaccine's been given to millions of people worldwide and now we're perhaps seeing some of these more rare side effects. Well, or, or we're not, or we're not seeing any, which is, you know, no news is good news. Mm, but then you've got the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine, which hasn't been given to as many people yet, looks very safe, but we might not see some of these rarer things if they're going to happen at all until a, a bit down the track. I'd rather look at it a different way, which is what is your level of confidence and feeling secure in getting the vaccine? So I can only speak personally, and I think I understand the data pretty well. I'd be pretty happy having the Pfizer vaccine or the Astra vaccine or the Moderna vaccine based on the clinical trial evidence. I don't think there are going to be, there are certainly no serious side effects up to that point apart from allergy and you know, millions of doses have been rolled out, at least with Pfizer and Moderna, with no serious side effects. I think that a lot of these things that are turning out now are going to be coincidence. And the Astra vaccine works in a very similar way to the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. It carries a genetic message into the cell, tells the cell to produce the spike protein, and it's likely that the Astra vaccine's got a very similar side effect profile to Pfizer and Moderna. So for that reason... On a safety count, I'd be really confident with, with, Astra, with the Astra vaccine. The dilemma will occur is, let's see, a, a really serious side effect emerges that's incredibly rare. And at this point, it will be like one in 20 million doses. I mean, it's that rare. So vanishingly rare. What do they do about it in that situation? What do you do about the next vaccine? It's a risk versus benefit equation. And, and I just want to reiterate the fact that there's nothing emerging from 20 million people is, a re is really good news and it's highly unlikely that there's something really serious lurking in there. So the absence of news in this situation, which is pretty unique worldwide with lots of good electronic data, is good news. So let's talk in a bit more detail about what was ha what's happening in Norway, which we spoke about in some detail yesterday. Uh, the, the story is that about 30 now, um, people in Norwegian nursing homes over the age of 80, very frail and elderly, have died after having the Pfizer shot. And that sort of raised some, some eyebrows and the Therapeutic Goods Administration has been looking into it and has said basically that Australia doesn't see any cause for concern so far. 
Yes, and yesterday morning on RN Breakfast, and people can go looking for that on the, uh, the ABC Listen app, Dr. Steiner Madsen, who's medical director of the Norwegian Medicines Agency, was on. And basically he was saying he's getting far more interest on this story from overseas than he is from Norwegian media. He's hardly been on the Norwegian media at all talking about this because Norwegians aren't worried about this. It's overseas people who are worried about this. And they think this... If it's real and attached to the vaccine, if is if you like a non-specific effect of vaccines that you're giving a vaccine that gets the immune system going, and it could be any of the vaccines, and in people who are about to die, it creates uh, an, an undue stress on their bodies which they can't cope with, and that these people just might not be able to be immunised. The downside is you probably do want to immunise everybody in an aged care home because you want herd immunity within that home, but it may not be you, you may not be able to do that. But they're, they're really not worried from the sound of it. Oh, well, that's a relief. Um, and so some questions from the audience, including this one from Jen, who may be like you, dear listener who's listening to us right now, didn't realise that we actually came back earlier than we said that we were going to. They're there in your podcast feed. Just scroll back. Uh, anyway, Jen says, welcome back. I didn't go looking for CoronaCast until today and I'm still catching up. So sorry if you've already answered this one. When you get the vaccine, how long does it take to give you protection? Hours, days, weeks? Tell us, Norman. Well, the evidence is best for the Pfizer vaccine that you, you get about halfway towards your total protection within a week or two of probably about two weeks of the uh, first immunization. So halfway between your first immunization and your second immunization, second dose, you're, you've got about 50% of what you're going to get in the end. And it's likely that'll be true of Astra as well. And one quick question from Peter. Could, could the steep fall in the New South Wales COVID testing numbers beca be because people are wearing masks now, they're compulsory there now, and maybe fewer people have even mild cold symptoms? And should the guidelines for who should get tested then be expanded? Uh, really good question. Um, nobody really knows why the testing numbers are going down. It's possible that mandatory mask wearing is reducing the number of cold system symptoms around. It's also probably true that, it's, that the New South Wales outbreak's been grumbling along now for quite some time, and people are a bit tired of it and not motivated to go and get tested the way they were at the beginning. It's just, it seems a bit ho-hum. I'm not saying it is ho-hum. People should be getting tested wherever you are in Australia. Um, but I think it's hard to sustain that community energy, if you like, to get tested when it's been going on as long as it has. So milder symptoms, go get tested, especially if you're in New South Wales and Greater Sydney. But that's all we've got time for on today's Coronacast. If you want to ask a question or make a comment, please do. Go to abc.net.au slash coronacast and mention Coronacast in your question and we'll pick it up and do our best to answer it promptly. We'll see you tomorrow. Exactly. Exactly. 